With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. Listen today as we show you how to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. Hello, hello, Cassandra Perkins here on Behind the Mask. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are here to discuss how to change your life and how to make your life impacted and really motivate yourself and to motivate yourself and to really uh, inspire to live a purpose-driven life and have a mission for your life and to really go over the obstacles in our life because we're all bound to hit obstacles in our life. We're all bound to hit these bumps in the road and to prepare for them and to uh, show living examples of people who have hit op- these obstacles in the road and who have been able to get around them and get over them and then to overcome that as well as to be able to share the story behind that and then <laughs> even further be able to go out and impact others and change others' lives with stories. That is what I look for in Behind the Mask and by sharing their stories, I really hope to inspire you to live a purpose-driven life and to get out there and and make a change and a motivation for yourself. That's truly what I hope for my listeners is that you can find inspiration through these stories. Like my guest today, Brian Bushway, he is so incredible, so amazing, has this incredible story and what he's doing with this, this obstacle that he went over in his life is he's again inspiring people to live their life purpose-driven and and helping others to cover overcome their obstacles in their life. So let me tell you a little bit about who he is before we bring him on and introduce him. He facilitates in conversation that explores attitude of success, managing change, and learning to adapt and navigate the obstacles that seem to come with life. Brian's achievements associated with life adventures help serve for great stories of success, which he weaves into his speaking engagements in public appearances. He was raised in South California and became totally blind at the age of 14. He lost his sight to optic nerve apathy and through strength and and, um, perseverance, he continued into his high school education and he also went to college. He graduated from Pepperdine University in 2005 and inquiring a a degree in speech communications with a minor in nonprofit management. While at Pepperdine, he produced and hosted a college talk show, which he included commentary on current events and comedy bits. He also continues to be an active speaker and an active speaking engagements to many campuses, many campuses and sororities. He speaks about embracing the college experience and maximizing opportunities that college has to offer. He has, he is a program manager for world access for the blind, a nonprofit organization, which teaches most mobility and sensory awareness orientation. He acts as a mobility coach for the blind and teaches and is a teacher of sighted mobility. 
he is so incredible and he is the thing that blows me away and when you hear his story he uses echolocation to really visualize to be able to see to be able to know his surroundings and he is able to take this and teach this to other people to be able to go and travel around the globe around the country around the world and to be able to teach this and hear stories from other people who are blind and, and to say then we talked about this just a few minutes ago before we started the show, but really he's able to say, this is what I'm doing for my life and here's how you can do it for yours. And it's so beautiful that he's able to take his obstacles and bring them to light and to really show other people how they can live their life and, and really you know, go above and beyond and go above and beyond themselves and accomplish their goals and their dreams. And that is what he's doing. He's inspiring so many people. And I'm so excited to be able to have him on the show today to be able to pick at his brain and really talk to him about his message. Brian Bushway, are you there with us? Oh, I'm so right here with you. Thank you for that introduction. And I mean, it, it was pretty, it, it, all of that, those things that you mentioned really sort of came to sort of one moment and that was that like other people still believed in me and invested in my life and like Daniel Kish heard about my story and came down and really was sort of this first mentor and he's totally blind himself wow. and sort of this first person that I met to say like you know like here's how you can do these other things and live an independent life and uh, he he started showing me, you know, more sophisticated mobility techniques like echolocation, and, uh, and that, he was basically just a role model of how other people did things and lived on their own. And he saw the potential in me and invested, and I was able to then, you know, after becoming blind at the age of fourteen, you know, keep good life momentum moving in a positive direction, and, and largely it was because of the support. Uh, of the people around me and the that sort of makes the the biggest difference i find even with a lot of the students that we teach around the world is we may have individuals who are really motivated to learn and, and expand their own skill set and abilities um, but if that support system doesn't understand what they're doing and, and doesn't give more uh, opportunities for the blind individual to practice their skills, it just doesn't happen. Right. Um, so I really feel grateful that my parents had a good heads on their shoulders and said yes, and I had, you know, organizations like World Access for the Blind that, um, you know, chose to sort of invest in, and they just provided great role models of people living free lives, and wow. it was a life that I sort of once knew. Right. And now becoming, you know, blind at 14, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I was just sort of found myself at a loss, stuck in my bedroom and just sat on the couch all day. Mm. And that's the only thing I really felt comfortable doing. Um, and that's sort of, you know, where it all begins and the insecurities sort of come into play, you know. What does it mean to be a whole person? Right. And what can people actually do? Right. Um, 
Well, I can't even and imagine I, what was and, going through your mind at that point in, in you know, having to go through this traumatic event for 14 years old and having to go through that. And, and you know, thank God that somebody was there to offer you support and offer that to you. Because once you invest time and effort into other people, it really opens up yourself. And once you have somebody who to care about you and to teach you things and to show you the path to be able to do that, that is such a beautiful, beautiful meaning. And now that you're able to do that for other people and be able to say, this is what helped me in my journey is to have somebody there for me to teach me these things, to be able to now open up that opportunity for you to be able to show other people how to live their life and, and how they can do these things and how they can be successful is so important. And, and what makes your story so unique and beautiful is that you are taking this message and sharing it with other people, which good for you and, and really kudos to you for doing that, because I can't imagine how hard it is to, to have to live this every day and have to talk about it every day. And so kudos for you for doing what you're doing and opening up the conversation and being so transparent with us because people need to hear this. So really, I want to ask you, people can't even uh, imagine losing their sight, having to, to having to go through that. Uh, you know, the age of 14, you lost this. Where did you find yourself at that point? What was the point for you where you had to make this turnaround for yourself? Because I, I can't even imagine there must have been depression along with that, uh, you know, the ability to not believe in yourself, not think you could do anything. Like you said, you were just sitting in your room. Not, none of that. You, you lost faith in yourself, essentially. Where did you find that the turning point in your life to find motivation was again where was that it, you know after just sort of being marooned on the couch you, you start having all this sort of like just dissatisfaction like I, I really sort of fell into this identity crisis um, because the message that society was sort of sending me with this new label of blindness was suggesting, oh, you're blind, you don't really do anything. Mm -hmm. But then again, on the inside, I, I was, I still, I, you know, I was still all the same. Right. The only thing, the only thing that was different is I just couldn't see as much. Um, so it was really challenging because all of those dreams that I sort of once had of maybe going to college on an ice hockey scholarship, hmm. well, I now wasn't in a position to play ice hockey. Now, you know, years later, I realized, oh, I, if I would have had some insight of how to make ice hockey more of an adaptive, you know, process, I, I, I would have been able to sort of maybe keep up with it. But I didn't even know how to think creatively of how to approach life from a non-visual perspective. Hmm. And that was part of this whole thought process that I had to start learning how to think, you know, okay, in many ways, becoming blind challenged me to be more creative because I'd have to make the world adaptable for me because you go in situations where there just isn't always a Braille sign um, and the infrastructure isn't always there. So at a certain level, you have to be creative. But like this moment of just being stuck was really about hearing that other people were doing things hmm. and educating myself. Right, I, I started getting plugged into some of the blindness community early on and going to sort of like support groups, you know, where family mothers and fathers and uh, their blind teenagers, visually impaired would all come. And in many ways it was great for perspective shifting because other people's situations were a lot worse. Hmm. You know, like school districts didn't want to provide them the right type of 
services. I was lucky that I had a, a school district that was open to listen. I mean, that just that little shift, you start hearing the differences. And I started doing, so just, you know, being grateful for, for the things that I did have. And then also in that sort of moment of all this identity crisis, I did have a conversation with my mom. And I was like, Mom, you know, what, what matters? And she responds with great mother, like intuition, Brian, everything that matters is all still there. And that's your ability to have relationships. Hmm. So I thought about relationships and meditated on that idea. And I says, you know what? Like, I'm not impaired in what matters most. Hmm. What relationships? Relationships operate with the currency of love. I have limitless potential in the amount of love I can create in the world. You know, that idea in the largest sense. I'm not limited to what matters the most. Wow. That was sort of a value shift that was sort of supported in the, the family unit around me, and they all recognized that, wow, actually, he's, you know, yeah, I have limitless potential in the amount of love I can create in my life. And so that was sort of a perspective where I started getting hope, I think, in that inner journey because – you know, there's, yeah, there's dealing with the physical adaptation to blindness, but then there's also just living through those psycho-emotional issues right. um, that, that that are very apparent, which, you know, everybody deals with because, first of all, we're human beings first, and then we happen to be visually impaired. <laughs> so we have all those same yeah. life issues and same life desires and life needs, but a lot of the time uh, people they see the visually impaired person and they put them over here in this other box. Mm. And they think now somehow the rules of life sort of apply, you know, don't apply or you are visually impaired and you have different rules because you need different things because you can't see. But really we have so much more overlapping and in common that sometimes just remembering that little shift is that we're human beings first and happen to have that, you know, blindness or visually impaired thing. So if we are to become, you know, mature, visually impaired people, we have to learn how to make the world accessible for us. Right. Right. And to be able to go along that journey and find that, that fit for you to make that shift for yourself is, is a incredible story and getting to, to listen to your story and, and hear how you've been able to make that transition to make the world fit for you and and make it work for you as, as anyone should with any disability or any invisible disability. I mean, there's things like depression that we go through that can alter our world and to make things work for you in your own life is something that we should do daily, no matter what you're going through in your life to make your life work for you is so incredible uh, and for you what you're teaching to make your life so much easier and to be able to uh, be able to see the world is beautiful and yeah. I want to talk about that when we return you really talk about echolocation and I want to discuss what that is and really get into detail about what that's all about after the break stay tuned we'll be right back Sky, cause 
Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And I'm Brian Warnicke, and I've been living with cystic fibrosis for 17 years. Brian, what is cystic fibrosis? Cystic fibrosis is a disease that attacks the digestive system and slowly shuts down the lungs, and it makes the mucus in your lungs more syrupy. So the mucus in everybody else's lungs is very watery, and you clear it by just breathing. The mucus in my lungs is like maple syrup, and I have to do respiratory treatments twice a day, every single day, along with 50 pills to control it. Brian, how are you bringing awareness to cystic fibrosis? So I've done a few charity bike rides. Um, I did one a couple years ago that was 1,065 miles over 43 days, 46 cities and eight mountain passes all around Colorado with my beloved dad with me. I'm also a very active advocate in the public speaking community for cystic fibrosis and the music video from One Republic, it's called I Lived, has been just amazing in raising awareness. For more information about cystic fibrosis or about myself, you can go to the Pink Lightning Facebook page or cff.org or pinklightning.org. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And this is Linda Newell, Colorado State Senator. Colorado ranks seventh in the nation for suicide. And in Colorado, suicide is the second cause of death for youth ages 10 through 24. If you are considering or have thoughts of suicide, don't be afraid to reach out. In a world where you might feel alone, please know there is always someone there to listen. No judgments, confidential. Call the National Suicide Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And this is Mark Merrill with Champion of Choices. Major depression affects more than 120 million people around the world. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death with students ages 10 through 24. Like my good friend Mark says, happiness is the key to success, and we all have that choice to make in life. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so reach out to those around you and be the voice. We become who we surround ourselves with. Your friends, they're like elevators. They're either going to take you up or they're going to take you down. Find out more information at thinkpods, that's P-O-Z dot org, thinkpods dot org. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined by Brian Bushaway. We have been talking to him about his story. His story really starts when he went blind at the age of 14, and he has just been on this journey of life and has been able to take his story and really incorporate it with other people and take in his story and his message and teach it to other people to teach them how to, how to live their life and how to uh, go on their journey and succeed no matter what you're going through. So I'm so excited to welcome back to the show Brian Bushaway. Thank you so much once again, Brian, for taking the time out of your day to come on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's It's fun. It's great opportunity to share, you know, everything that we do and how to offer. 
Yeah. And that's what's so great is that we have the opportunity to to be able to share this and inspire other people to live their life purpose driven. And we all have that that capacity and that capability to have a voice, to be able to get out there and and speak for yourself and to really talk about uh, problems. And that's that's what we need to do in society today is that we need to talk about our issues and put them out there, because by opening up this conversation, you never know who is going to relate and who's going to be able to to take your words of advice and maybe even apply it in their own lives and make an impact for their own life, which is why what I think what you're doing is is astonishing. It's astonishing to me. It really is that you're able to take this and show other people. And the fact that uh, you know, you're getting rid of this stigma, and I love that you say that we're, we're all human first. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter uh, what, in the sense that it doesn't matter uh, you know, if, you're, if you're blind. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with depression because we're all human. And human comes first. And we have to look at people that way. It doesn't matter if they're going through depression. Look at them as a human, not as a person with depression. If you see someone who's blind, they're not blind. They're a human who is blind (laughs) you know what I'm saying to be able to get rid of that stigma that Brian was talking about is what needs to happen in today's society and I think him talking about his story and coming out and talking about these things will get rid of this stigma but I really want to dive into before we really talk about how to eliminate that stigma Brian I want to talk about how you are able to really get around you have this amazing ability to have echolocation and I am blind in my left eye myself I deal with blindness myself from birth and I've noticed that my because of that my my, my hearing is is 10 times stronger and I can hear conversations from across the room that my parents cannot even hear and I can hear every conversation that's going on around me and my hearing is so oversensitive and, and so uh, much greater and I, I think that's because I don't have the sight in one of my eyes. So to be able to use that for completely blind, for people who are completely blind, it, to use that to get around in their own life and to be able to teach them this material that you've been able to use in your life is so incredible. So would you mind explaining for those who don't know what echolocation is? Yeah. Echolocation is the human ability to hear sound reflect off, reflect off of objects and be able to determine what they are and where they are. It's human sonar. It's the most commonly found in like bats and dolphins, but it turns out over the last, 20 years of neuroscience that 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 in fact human brains uh, can can image with sound image acoustically they've done MRI scans of our brains and they can see how the brain takes auditory information sending it into the visual cortex and specifically the object recognition parts of the brain are activated and stimulated So World Access for the Blind has developed the first teaching curriculum to help guide people in refining and becoming more aware of these echoes out in the the environment. Like echo information is very subtle. And I like what you were talking about, how you started noticing more sounds in your own life. And that's half the trick is really paying attention to these other sounds bringing attention to these subtle echoes in the environment, noticing them, and then asking the question, okay, how do I use those echoes for orientation purposes? A real practical, easy example is hearing the hollow sound of the entrance of a big grocery store. The entrances are usually in an alcove, and that alcove produces such a beautiful hollow sound that a person can hear from the middle of a large parking lot. 
And if you wanted an idea of which direction to head after getting off the bus, you could use a tongue click. Or perhaps if the tongue click wasn't loud enough, a hand clap. And that will produce an echo off the building. And now you know exactly which direction to head into. So you can find things around you close up at greater distances. So echolocation is really using the sense of hearing to its fullest advantage. And hearing is a distant sense. Sense of hearing you know, helps provide preview of the environment. And that's exactly what vision does. Vision is providing preview of a person's environment. So when they're walking down the street, they can detect objects and things and they can more easily flow uh, around the objects. So we still use a white cane always because a white cane is good for objects more up close because we really want the echolocation and our attention to be things out into the distance, mm. listening for the larger boundaries of buildings on the right side of the street or left side of the street. And if a person, you know, ha is more in tune to these echoes in their environment, what that does is it provides more detail, provides more aesthetics, makes those places stand out a little bit more unique, which becomes very useful in landmarking your environment. You want to travel into a new place and you don't have a local O&M to show you the roots. So this is what we hope our, our, our students can do is they develop their perception abilities to a, to a, good refined degree that they then start using their their skills of their cane they're listening into the preview and they start discovering their own roots mm. because they're landmarking as they go oh i can just sort of click in here corner familiarization i can hear you know 10 feet down that corner and there's a tree over there on the other corner oh it's just open grass and you can confirm what's around you with your cane and then it leaves just like that stronger impression of what that space is but what the brain is actually doing is it's acoustically imaging the environment. It's actually seeing the environment in like three dimensions. There's field of depth. So there's space, right? There's sounds can be up close, sounds can be farther away. So we have a lot of exercises that help people develop edge detection. So then that becomes noticing field of depth depth like if we're cooking at a house you can hear oh there's a flat surface of a house behind and then up front hmm, there's some more muffled sparse sounding objects these these are similar sounding to bushes mm. so you sort of start putting together this sort of landscape and this sort of scene and it just you know it's, it's interesting it's cool it's stimulating like we have can have real connection to our physical environment and the more awareness we have of our environment, the more informed decisions we can make about how to go, where to go, how to use our cane. Um, so echolocation is pretty cool because it helps provide even greater preview in conjunction with the use of the white cane and all of the other mobility skills. And we've trained people with guide dogs you know, who, who find echolocation useful because they still need to be able to locate the grocery store from really far away. Wow. Uh, we trained plenty of low vision people because a lot of people with low vision, they suffer from night blindness. Or we were in Scotland giving a big workshop, and there's a gentleman there, 
And he was, you know, had a lot of low vision, but he always got really confused at certain times of the day between shadows. Was the shadow a person, a pole, or just a shadow? Well, to be able to teach and, them these things and to help them identify with that, what an amazing opportunity for them and to be able to, to get that out there and to be able to give them that ability to see and to be able to see their surroundings is beautiful is a beautiful thing to be able to give them and uh, the fact that you're out there teaching these things and you're doing what you're doing is so incredible i want you guys to be able to find out more about him please go to my website you can check him out his website's on there everything about him is on there it's cassandraperkinsradio.com we'll be right back Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins. This is Deputy John Arnold with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Did you know that over 1,006,000 car accidents are caused from texting and driving each year? Also, you have a 23% greater chance of being involved in a motor vehicle accident while texting and driving. If you get a text, it can wait. Pull over to a safe location. Nothing is that important. Don't, Don't drive, drive while intoxicated. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Harry Singer from London. How do we change our worst days into our best days, Harry? I have a model, but with the short space, here's what I would say. First step is to connect with why have you labeled it as worst day? Can you remember it's your worst day or worst days? You gave it that label. Find out the meanings that you've associated to that worst day. Then the next thing is this, is to get to a place where realizing that we tend to link all the terrible things in our life to that worst day and all of our challenges because of that worst day but when you can take the gift and when you can get to a point where you realize that there is greatness in your life and that greatness would not be there had your past experiences not happened that's the whole you and when you've got that then you can be at a stage where you can turn around and say you know what I can forgive myself and everything that happened didn't happen in vain because now I can get to choose how I want to move forward. So if you want to turn your worst days into your best days, realize that, you know what, there is greatness in there. There's a gift in there. You can choose. And when you can take that and give it to others and help others, then you'll be grateful for it. If you want to connect with me further, come and check in on harrysinger.com or harrysingerfoundation.com. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Brian Jackson, inspirational speaker and HIV survivor. When I was 11 months old, my father intentionally injected me with HIV. By the age of six, I was sent home from the hospital to die. Not supposed to see the age of seven. Here I am today with full forgiveness and heart and full hope in life. Brian, why is hope vital for our life? You see, in life, we're going to go through different challenges and different storms, and we're just not going to be sure which way is out and which way is up and which way is down, and therefore, we have to be guided by hope. In life, we've come into this world being carried to taking baby steps, the one step at a time. Before you know it, we have to take leaps of faith, and that is hope, and hope is vital. To find out more information about my story and how I can come speak at your next event, visit brianjackson.com. That's B-R-R-Y-A-N, Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N, dot com. No, I turned wrong, left your heart's own. 
that white devils do Took it so long Where only fools gone I shook the angel and young Now I'm rising from the crowd Rising up to you Feel with all the strength I find There's nothing I can't do Joined by Brian Bushway, who is so incredible, has this incredible story. He acts as a mobility coach for the blind and a teacher of sighted mobility instructors on the use of echolocation. He has traveled all around the globe teaching people this, being able to teach people this material. This the, He's learned this, and he just really explained to us what echolocation is. And it's the, the ability to sense the world around you with the echoes off of objects and to be able to tell your surrounding and to be able to teach other people that and say, yes, this is what I'm doing, but you can do this as well for your own life. And to be able to sense the world around you is an amazing thing. So, Brian, I want to welcome you back to the show and thanks so much for letting me talk to you and pick out your mind a little bit. Yeah, I think it's great to be back and just picking up where we left off. Like this low vision person who is difficulty between like pillars, people, or shadows, what he would do because he couldn't trust his visual image. So he would actually close his eyes and click and he would know instantly whether it was just a shadow or a person because mm. if it was a person or a pole, it would have reflected the sound in a very different quality. Wow. Like a person would sound a little bit more muffled because of clothes and a pole is going to come back sharper, more like a solid object. Right. Right. So we, yeah. So we have, you know, we help people develop the, the awareness and sensitivity to these subtle uh, clues in the environment. This echo, okay, this echo information is, is currently all around us in the rooms. We're just not using the echo information for orientation purposes. Because right. um, we're not thinking about it, or we're not, or we're not challenging ourselves to use it. Um, so it's cool because once the brain gets activated and goes, "Aha! This is echo information." The brain is just designed to make meaning of our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our brain is always wanting to interpret what our senses are experiencing and 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 and, and, and come up with ideas about what to do and how to live. So our brain just wants this information around us. So once it's activated and a person moves, like a lot of times, some of the greatest challenge that we face with, with students is you got to use it or lose it. You got to get up and you got to move around. You got to walk around and you got to like, you got to practice. Um, and so a lot of times it, it, and most blind people are already using passive echolocation. And then there's active echolocation. Passive echolocation is just any of the ambient noises around us in the environment are, are reflecting sound. The hum of a refrigerator, a car passing by, those sounds are still being reflected off the walls. And many blind people, pretty much all of them, are using echolocation at passive levels. Hmm. But if we want more clarity in our acoustic image and more control and refinement, the tongue click becomes a very important thing. That tongue click, good qualities of a click is sharp and clean. Tongue click, it's located in between the ears. And the tongue click, it, 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 it can be made very quiet in a familiar space, like indoors. 
Or if you're outside, it can be made louder. And then the click is used strategically. It's not like we're walking around assaulting the environment with a bunch of clicks. No, it's, it's, it's being used strategically as a person is walking and wants more information right. about where they're going. Um, so a visual analogy is, is that active echolocation is like central vision for clarity. And passive echolocation would be like peripheral vision. Sighted people are using both constantly all the time, but for particular tasks, a sighted person like reading, you would want to use your central vision. Hmm. So echolocation, active or passive, works in the same way. If you want more clarity of what you're looking at, like you're walking up to a street corner and you want to exactly find the pulse of where the push button is, you can actually click, scan your head from left to right and hear where the pole is and direct your cane to touch it. So it really helps, like, you know, targeting things in the environment to look at. Or it's helpful in surveying the larger space around us. But the real challenge is, is motivation to go out there and use it. Because uh, many, many students that we work with, they've always been walking on someone's arm, mm-hmm. human guide. And that's nice and that can be smooth, but for a developing brain, human guide is overused 90% of the time because the brain actually learns to perceive through the movement of the other person versus the brain learning to perceive on its own and being independent with navigating use of the cane and listening for directions about where to go. So one of the first steps we do is we ask parents to carry keys or some bells that will jingle when they walk. And now the student can follow the jingling sounds. And what is happening in the brain is the brain is actually learning to truly be independent. Mm. It's the difference between being a passenger in a car versus being the pilot of the car. So every time someone is walking on someone's arm, they're really at risk of losing their future of independence because every step taken on someone's arm is an opportunity lost for that brain to start thinking and processing information on its own. Um, and it can do it. It will do it. It just has to be provided the opportunity to do it. But once a person's brain is sort of there and they're keen and they're very into, in tune to their environment, yeah, you can walk on someone's arm. It's, it's totally cool. Uh, it's fine. I walk human guide um, all the time with friends because sometimes – it's just socially more smooth because you're walking with friends. They don't know. Do they run up in front of the cane? Do they go behind you? Nobody's quite clear on where to go. So sometimes just sort of taking the arm makes it easier to walk with a group. Mm. Um, But for learning brains, people who want to learn this, we really cannot stress enough the importance of, of creating as much opportunity to practice and to move around independently. Um, and so motivation becomes becomes a big factor. And we've been in over 40 different countries around the world, wow. worked with people who are, are older, worked with young infants, people with multiple disabilities, people with hearing loss. And the one thing that we see is that motivation is the greatest you know, variable for, for success. Mm. And so speaking back to your, like, you know, your comments about motivation and finding 
people's life purpose. I remember hearing my friend Erwin, he said something like, you know, if you scan humanity and you recognize a need, you should go and serve that need. Right. Because you're recognizing that need, something needs to be done about it. And that's a great place for a person to find a sense of purpose or some direction to go into to, to start helping out. And for me, in my own journey, I remember times when I was, you know, trying to persevere through this adaptation process and walking around my high school. It would have been so much easier to take someone's arm and smoother, but I knew, like, if I was going to, you know, travel around the world or go to my own college by myself, I, I, I needed I needed to be better and more comfortable at this. So sometimes I would challenge myself just to walk a different path, go around the building the other way, as opposed Mm. to the same way I go every day. So I challenged myself by putting myself in unfamiliar environments and started learning, learning that process. But in order to do that, some days I just didn't, didn't want to, I didn't have the like emotional reserve to want to do it for me. Right. And this is where I had a shift in my own thinking was, you know, but like, this would suck for other people to have to go through the same situation. So what if I learned this today so that one day other people's lives could be better from this? And I started thinking, you know, with others in mind. And that really shifted a lot of my motivations because I was like, wow, like, you know, one day I'm going to have a family. I'm going to be married. And I'm going to have to, like, be able to carry groceries from the car inside. I'm going to have to be able to mow a lawn. I'm going to be have to have to be able to contribute in, in all of these ways. So in those moments where I just was not there and motivated to want to do it for me, because why me? We're all insecure. We all sometimes just don't like ourselves. Right. Um, it became about if I shifted it to other people, it, it, it really – brought inspiration back into my life and I had a little a, a, a little fire now that I can cultivate and turn into a bigger thing so so service is really the ultimate thing that I found to to socially uh, help me you know navigate a lot of a lot of situations and I realized along the way too that if I have a lot to bring to the relationship table of life the blindness fades into the background because I have passions, I have interests, I have motivation, I'm doing things, I'm, I'm trying to move a life that other people hopefully would be attracted to, to want to participate with. And I found that to sort of be the answer. If I was ever insecure, who would want to go to the dance with the blind guy? Well, who wouldn't? Because I got all these cool things I'm doing in life. We're on a mountain bike team. One of the coolest things before the founding of World Access is we started this team bat project of mountain biking how do we make mountain biking an independent recreational sport for all people no tandem wow and daniel my mentor he had rode bikes around you know residential neighborhoods with using echolocation and had some attention around the local blindness community then our other friend andy who is a mountain bike enthusiast says i wonder if these guys could could bike so we start together this little this little this little project and we figured out that, yes, with the use of echolocation, we can guide our bikes on a trail, but also we can follow a, a, a person with a plastic zip tie from 
the frame angled into the spokes. As the wheel goes around, the spokes hit the zip tie, making a noise that we have a sound source we can follow with echolocation. We now can ride our bikes like independently. And it's crazy. And it's crazy to see to see you do that and to see you. I mean, on your videos, you're going downstairs, you're riding through the oh, mountains. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's awesome because there's again the stigma that, oh, well, somebody who's blind can't can't do this. And it's just that's what our society thinks, and that's what our society just labels people as. And for a, a perfect example, my friend Mandy Harvey, she went deaf at a, a very young age, and she's a music major. She she loves loves music and somebody who is deaf and cannot hear anything somebody would look at that and say oh well there goes her career she twisted it around and now she works 10 times harder 10 times extra hard and she sings beautifully she sings on beat and she uses her her surrounding areas like you said to use around her she follows the beat of the music on the floor with and she takes her shoes off and feels the beat and is able to follow around and she has almost perfect pitch and she's incredible I, I love her to death but it's true that this, these disabilities don't define you that you can really truly accomplish anything that you want to accomplish and I bet that the stories that you have Brian are so incredible and so amazing to be able to hear these stories what is it like when you get to teach somebody this this information and get to show them echolocation for the first time? What is it like for well, you to experience like, that? I mean, I was in Belize uh, last summer working with a gentleman named Rowan, who's now at Drew University. And we get done with the whole training. And he says, you know, Brian, thank you for teaching me how to see. Hmm. And he's been born blind. And in that, there was that first day in our workshop where he, we had to do this exercise where you sort of walk and can you stop an arm's length away from the wall? It's a precision exercise, and this helps with perceptual development and people learning to really trust uh, what, what, what they can hear. And, and he was doing this, and at one point he just stopped in amazement. It was just like, whoa, like, I can totally tell that that's the wall right there. And I have hundred percent confidence that I can reach out and like touch it and interact with it. So it's just watching those and experiencing those little aha moments with students that make the whole thing, you know, worthwhile because that little moment opens up the world for new possibilities. And I realized myself, one of the things why I started going down uh, more of an instruction route in my life is because it's really easy for me to live an inspired life. I'm hanging around other inspiring people and our students are, are some of the most inspiring people we come across because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, they're always sort of the underdog position. Sometimes they don't have enough resources and these people are trying and they're being brave sort of, push beyond what is sort of previously conceived for them. Um, And so that's where all the meaning for me comes into these little moments or one of the times we were in Canada. And so we were doing like echolocation exercises and we learn our position in the backyard. And so they can hear the, the, the corner of where the fence is, the sound triangulates over in a corner and you can hear sort of the parallel lines of the buildings. So we're positioned in open space. And we put a soccer ball in a plastic grocery bag because it's sort of the easiest way to make a, a ball accessible. Drop it in a plastic grocery bag, tie it up. 
and father and son got to play pass for the first time, mm-hmm. kicking that soccer ball back and forth. Well, that's just such an everyday experience that most people in life get. Right. And this kid never had it until this moment. And in you know, those are those 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 moments of, of meaning that make the whole thing thing possible. And and that's sort of why I enjoy teaching and think it's important that, that, that more people have the opportunity to to, to get this training if they would like it. So we all can experience as much freedom in our lives as possible. Ultimately, we hope that a person can get to this level where they feel like they can walk into an environment they've never been and be able to find their own way. Hmm. And if you have really strong developed perception, that process becomes so much more efficient, quick, and easier and that's what all of our coaches do at, at World Access. You know, Juan, he's in uh, uh, Austria. We have Daniel, and we have Justin and myself. And we travel around the world, and we go to Croatia, and we go to a park. And before we can instruct in the park, we have to learn the park for ourselves. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're definitely applying these skills ourselves in new environments, even right. keeping our own, you know, skill sets sharp and and. You know, but human motivation is is the biggest uh, factor in all of our lives. And if we can connect our lives to some meaning, and I found for myself that relationships uh, provide the greatest meaning in my life. And so my higher motivating factors for, for wanting to get better at mobility was to help serve other people and to contribute more. Because being a blind person, you're all... You, you sort of have to make up against the, the, the negative prejudice that, you know, people have low expectations about what we can do. Right. And to be able to eliminate that stigma, Brian, and to be able to take that away and to talk about this, to discuss this and show that you, everyone is capable of anything they set their mind to and to be able to have the tools to do that and to apply that into your own life is so special. I want people to be able to know how they can get this training and, and find more about this. So how can we get the training and, and really find more about not only you, but this, this training in your organization as well? Yeah, everybody can go to worldaccessfortheblind.org. Um, please join us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, World Access for the Blind. On Facebook, become friends, contact us that way. We're always posting new videos of our worldly travels and our group workshops. I mean, I, we do a lot of like public speaking, corporate events. Uh, we do professional workshops for other uh, instructors. And more and more, we're training sighted people who are just mm. interested in learning this. Like I was training a, a Russian martial arts expert and he's American, but just has an expertise in all of that. Could be like flying jump kicks with like automatic weapons. <laughs> and he wanted to develop and learn echolocation so he can develop a whole field of like uh, of martial arts outside wow. of the contact range. So he was interested in increasing his own perception and about when people do start with training, it usually takes about three days to get the brain to go, aha, this is echo information, and to start using it for more sophisticated orientation purposes. So, you know, we cover everything from, from, from in the mobility field, 
but we also incorporate this perceptual development right. aspect. Um, and that's sort of the basis of our approach is if we can get all the other senses to be more aware, more alert, more on their game, it, it just makes one more comfortable in life. Right. Um, it makes it's just, we all have to relate to our physical environment. So the more information, uh, 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 the better. Right. To but be yeah, able to have that. Imp- Join us on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, say hello and how you heard about us. And if we can help out in any way, um, we're, we're definitely interested. Wow. And I, I love that you, you are teaching this to, to everyone and giving everyone this information in their life. And that's really the way to eliminate the stigma is to educate people and to have the conversation and to be able to talk about this and good for your group and good for your organization for doing what you're doing to be able to talk about this and open up this conversation and discuss this. Because even though it may be hard to, to relive this every day, I mean, I can't even imagine having to discuss this in every day and talk about it. So again, kudos for you for doing what you're doing and helping other people because to be able to be be so transparent and so open I can't even imagine but to be able to get back that that gratification of of seeing somebody else be able to uh, live their life this way to be able to to hear and, and to be able to really understand that they're living their life for the better to be able to understand that they're going to change their life and hopefully from hearing your story to be able to inspire to live their own purpose-driven life as well and I really think that it's not just people who are blind it's it's everyone everyone can learn from this and learn a lesson from this so if there's somebody listening listening, Brian, who, uh, you, you know, is struggling with whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a, a different kind of disability, or maybe it is uh, depression. Maybe it's a mental health, whatever the case is, something that's debilitating them in their life uh, to not live their true potential. What would you say to that person? Well, I'd say, you know, in my, in, in my story is we're, we're human beings first and we all have obstacles in our lives. Right. And, that process of navigating whatever that unique obstacle is, is uniquely challenging for that person is uniquely ch- blindness is for me. But I also thinking like, man, other people are dealing with other problems larger and greater than what I have to. You know, I figured this out. I've taken what is like a disability and made it more of like an inconvenience in my life. Cause I've mm-hmm. worked through this adaptation process and under the South. But so people who, who have any obstacle, it, it it's really like I take away from all of this is even in the science behind this. Our human brains can image with sound what else is possible. Our brains are so much more plastic and malleable than we ever previously thought that this, this echolocation is just teaching us that, that echolocation is a paradigm to help us all understand how the brain adapts to new challenges. So the fact that if anybody is facing an obstacle or challenge in their life, we have ways that we can adapt. We can be creative. Just like we have the natural resource of echolocation that we could choose to use, we also have the human resources of being able to adapt to whatever challenge. But do we have enough uh, uh, emotional reserves emotional fire that can help push us through that adaptation process and enough support support is important for people navigating obstacles so we have the ability to adapt and we also have the ability to be creative 
Right. But I think opening up that conversation, Brian, and showing people that even though it, somebody may, may be living with this invisible disability that you can't see, to, to understand them and to be able to talk to them and just say, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you know, I don't I don't live what you live with every day, but I want to support you and be there for you. Just offering that support to somebody, no matter what they're going through. That changes the world yeah. right there. I think that's how we change the world. And that is how we start that fire in somebody and get that motivation going. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show today. I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story and for doing what you're doing. And I'm so happy to call you my friend and get to see what you're doing on social media. And everyone, you need to go connect with him. You need to go find him. Look him up on Facebook. Go to, to you know find World Access because they're truly incredible. And to be able to uh, do what they're doing and educate other people, that is what makes an impact in this world. And that is truly what I believe makes a difference. So go to waftb.org and find out more about their organization and find out more about them and get in touch with them and learn about what they're doing because I, I think you're changing the world, my friend. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show today. I appreciate it. Well, well thank you. Hopefully one day we'll get a speaking opportunity together. And we'll make it happen. Come to, world, yeah, come to World Access for the Blind and join us and we can change the world together. Absolutely. I'll take you up on that offer. Yeah. Awesome, Brian. Thank you so much. Get Appreciate involved. it. All right. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye, Brian. We have Jacob Salem calling in to pray us out. Pray us out, my friend. Absolutely. Father God, we just thank you so much for the call that you have placed on so many of your children's life, that you've made so clear where they are supposed to be and what they are supposed to do. Lord, for the ability to listen to Cassandra's show here, uh, Cassandra Perkins Radio, where we get to hear so much more about what is going on in this world. As we, we look at just right now for World Access for the Blind, just the different things that you bring to the table, Lord, that you have empowered us all with the gifts needed to really revive this world, and I believe you can still do so as, lo as long as we're all just willing to serve. So, Lord, Please empower us to do so. Help to remind us every single day to keep you first. Uh, let us not take for granted that we live in a country right now that we can read our Bibles without persecution, that we can really pursue you uh, without any, any fear. And, Lord, we just thank you for all the listeners on here. Help them to, to come to know you every single day, closer to grow in deeper relationship with you every single day. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. JacobSalem.com. Go check it out. JacobSalem.com. Check out his ministry. He's awesome. And I thank him so much for praying out my show every week. Thank you, Jorge, for running my show every week and making it so incredible. Guys, remember to love God, love people, impact the world for Christ. Go out there and make a difference. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. To reach Cassandra or to learn more about her ministry and work, visit CassandraPerkinsRadio.com or look her up on Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.